You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. Auburn had a tough one this weekend. We could not get our offense going, and... Man, defense just barely hung on. I mean, it, it was a rough one. We ended up losing to Texas A&M 20-3. Not a fun one to watch. Very frustrating overall. Uh, you could tell it in not only the players, but fans alike. Um, everybody was just frustrated with it. Jared, any kind of overall thoughts about this game and, and maybe even why why it happened like this? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't ever go back and watch film. I think this is one of those you'd have to watch film to, to know for sure. <clears throat> um, you know, from my perspective, it looks like, okay, bad play calling. You know, just and I felt like Bobo had been doing a really good job. So, simple answer to me is I don't – I didn't really like the play calling, but if you go back and look, it, it might have been good play calling. They just didn't execute. So, without watching film, I'm not 100% certain, but nothing was working on offense, like nothing. Yeah. Well, and, and nothing – on offense seemed like it was working. I think it kind of trickles down to, and I think most people are going to put the blame on Bo, which I think Bo does deserve some of it. But I think there's two, in my mind, at least two other main issues. And, and they've, I think we've suppressed some of them for a while, but they've definitely bubbled back up is offensive line and wide receivers. Uh, we have had issues on offensive line with not only run blocking, but also pass blocking wide receivers. You know, it's pretty obvious, like dropping passes, you know, the most obvious, but I mean, you saw Bo get you know, visibly you know, frustrated with some of the wide receivers for not lining up correctly or not running the right route. And so it's, it's kind of that combination in my mind of, yeah, when, when this offensive line doesn't give you time to pass and Bo's, you know, getting sacked multiple times and running for his life, the other times, it's tough. Um, the, those are kind of my thoughts. I mean, where do you think you, you can make, I mean, besides play calling, which I think there, you know, there's something to be said for play calling though. I don't think that's one of our main issues on offense because Bobo at least, you know, had had, uh, some positive, you know, really good games in my mind. But besides that, what's kind of your thoughts on those? Yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, uh, and I got into a, a debate with some people about because I, I, you know, was knocking on Bo, and they made the point that you know Bo's not the main issue, and he's not. My thing about it is it, it's O line. O line's the biggest issue, at least, at, especially run blocking. They were bad pass blocking yesterday, but they're usually decent this year pass blocking. They were not yesterday. Wide receivers dropping passes. Here's my why I may go Bo sometimes because we like Bo is a five star and he is legit. Like we've seen in the past few games what he can be, mm-hmm. and so we know the O line their their peak is a certain point. The wide receivers their peak Bo's peak is a little higher, and when he doesn't hit that, it's a little frustrating. It's not his fault. He's not getting help, but. Um, yeah, you just you want to see a little more out of everybody. I would still put Bo probably third on the list, but if Bo plays well, because he had some underthrows, he had underthrows, he had yep. overthrows. He was you could see a little more happy feet, a little more frustrated, um, but he got no help from anybody. Yeah, and and I think that that also led to his frustration. And 
I mean, it just reminded me of years previous when I mean, there, there's a you know scene of uh, Bo Nix and Seth Williams getting frustrated at each other last year, and that kind of reminded me the same you know frame of mind that Bo Nix was in. He was just really frustrated, um, and and I think maybe Bo Nix took things a little bit too much into his own hands. I mean, he had two straight fumbles, and that's you can't do that. Um, and, and expect to win the game. Um, and I, and some of that may have been him trying to do a little too much. Um, but yeah, you know, Bo Nix is, a you know, he, <laughs> he'll want to take things into his own hands because he is a you know very capable five-star guy, but sometimes you gotta you know, just calm down, play with, you know, pl- go back to your strengths, go back to the coaching that you've, you've had and, uh, you know, let things ride. But yeah. You know, we're kind of looking at this now with, you know, 2020 vision looking back and, and I, I mean, I still think offensive line wide receivers and Bo Nix, you know, in that order are kind of our issues. Um, but I mean, I also want to kind of get your thoughts overall about, you know, we're, we're you know, three fourths of the way through this season. Uh, where do you think we're at with kind of Brian Harson in this program? Because, I mean, I personally had a, you know, just a maybe, I'm an optimist but at heart, but, you know, I thought maybe we might be able to, you know, run the table the rest of the season, and, you know, that would be incredible, obviously, but kind of had a realistic expectation of it's probably not going to happen. Um, but where are you kind of at thinking about Brian Harson where where he's got this program? You know, I think the biggest fear – for any fan base is are they going to become Nebraska and you know currently Tennessee now I think mm. they're playing better and no fan I love my Tennessee fans but I think they would even agree and I and you're fearful of any change hey I don't want it to get like that I think Harson has proven it's probably not gonna become that I think Harson has basically taken the torch of Gus now, let me preface, if we beat Miss State in South Carolina, so I'm assuming we win those games. If he does, he's taking that torch of where really our floor is about 8-4 and four now. So, floor is 8-4, and four. that's a good season, brand new coach, playing with someone else's kids, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I will say, um, it's a little disappointing because I, there were signs we were going to be better than that, you know, after beating Arkansas and Ole Miss and LSU on the road. Looking back, though, and we'll see what happens this upcoming weekend with Ole Miss and A&M, I think Ole Miss and Arkansas were maybe ranked a little higher than they should have been. Um, Ole Miss is a fantastic offense, but as a team, I think I don't know that they were truly top ten. So maybe we were propelled a little higher than we should have been by winning those games. It's um, possible. Yeah, so I think there's a little bit of that going on. We are somewhere in the middle of almost losing to Georgia State and being number 12 in the first college football playoff. We're in the middle there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I could see us being nine and three, something like that under this, this team. If, you know, somehow we figure out, um, which I mean, we've shown our offense can get things together and play a good game and, you know, get a good game going. Honestly, like we haven't even touched about defense. I think defense, this is going to be a spectacular defense when we look back at it and how they were able to stop a lot of teams that had you know, lots of firepower on offense and it's not going to show up in oh yards per game. It's going to show up in points per game because Auburn's offense or Auburn's defense, sorry, has been really lights out. I mean, even this game, 
yeah, the score looks you know pretty bad, 20-3. to three. But if you think back on it, none of those were actually touchdowns that the defense allowed. Yeah, they allowed, you know, the, the NFL goals, which, you know, you should have you know, potentially kept them further out. But they ultimately, the defense is doing most of its job. Were they perfect? If you're, By no means. If you're giving up 12 points on defense, you got to expect to win the game. And not only that, they gave the Auburn the offense at the 50-yard line twice in the first half. Like, that was beyond – that was even better than Ben, but don't break. They literally were stopping them, giving good field position to Auburn, and we did nothing with it on offense. I mean, yeah. I'll live all day long. In my mind, honestly, if you're if you're 21 points or below, if that's all you're giving up in a game, and I think that's probably – we're probably giving up like 18 points a game in our last four SEC games, you got to expect to win that ball game. Um, yeah. So the defense, I've been – and listen, I thought we were terrible our first few games. I thought, oh, this is not going to be good. I don't know if this Mason experiment is going to work. Um, we definitely need to be better at certain places. But, man, they've, they've become the strength of our, our team right now to the effect that I'm afraid we're going to waste a look back and say, man, we wasted another good defense like we did in 2019. Man, yeah, there, there's been some really spectacular defenses out there. I mean – yeah, the most recent one was that 2019 with Derek Mason, Marlon Davidson, spectacular secondary as well. I mean, linebackers, everybody, you just saw strengths everywhere. And yeah, I, I, I mean, even if we go eight and four, I, it's all right. But if we went nine and three, I'm crediting that to our defense, you know, figuring some, I mean, just continue to like help us out um, because I think they deserve a lot more credit than, than what they're given. Um, so that's just kind of my thoughts on it. Um, I did also want to talk about, so the AP poll just got released. Um, I know the college football playoff won't get released until Tuesday, but uh, we saw that Auburn dropped from number 12 in the AP poll to number 16 in the AP poll. So only four spots dropped. I I was maybe expecting a couple more spots than that, but I don't know. What's your your thoughts on that? Like why why you think we didn't drop as much? Uh, a lot of things going on. There's some bad football out there right now. I mean, um, that's one of the, the things going on that, you know, you got, somebody's got to be 16, but also I think that, you know, they recognize the schedule we've played. Um, and and even though I don't think Arkansas and Ole Miss at the end of the year are going to be top 10, they're very quality teams. LSU went in and almost beat Alabama. And we beat LSU at LSU. So I know people kind of like, yeah, but LSU's down this year. They are. They have the talent, obviously, to, to beat anybody on any given night. So I think that helps us a lot. I think 16's probably about right based off what everybody else in the country's doing and based off of the schedule we've had to play. And honestly, if you watch that game, now you could say if, if, and that, if, and that. But you're right. I mean, that game was essentially, you know, if Bo doesn't make that fumble, it's what it winds up 12 to three. Mm-hmm. Should have, worst case, been 12 to six. You yeah. don't want moral victories, but it wasn't a blowout game. Yeah. And then you, you like you said, you kind of factor in we make another field goal, which, you know, Anders has the capability of doing. You know, don't have the turnover. I mean, like, it, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, dwell on the ifs of this because obviously that didn't happen. But, yeah, it, it could have been closer. Um, and, you know, maybe that that's what also hurts is you have a chance, but you, your offense just can't even move down the field. Um, and that seems to be part of our struggle. Um, 
and not just this game. If you think back to the last six quarters that we played, they have had, you know, I don't think any touchdowns. Is that right? I don't think we've scored a touchdown in the last six quarters. We, we have to probably hold a very weird stat. Nobody said it. We have gone six quarters without giving up a touchdown, but we've also gone six quarters without scoring one. Uh, that's super weird. Hmm. Um, you would expect any time you go six quarters without giving up a touchdown, you 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 are sitting pretty good. Um, you know, and I almost brought that up last week, but I was like, nah, let's focus on the good half against Ole Miss. Everything's great. That was just a bad. But you know, you sit back and think about it. To not score a touchdown at all in the second half against Ole Miss, which is not a great defense. I don't know what's going on, man. I really don't. That that should not happen. And not scoring a touchdown at all. Um, like we did at A and M, shouldn't happen either. Yeah, agree. I, I mean, I mean, Georgia's a better defense than A and M, and if we we should have had twenty one points against Georgia, like there was absolutely major opportunities to have a minimum of twenty one if we catch the ball or they call pass interference at the two and stuff like that. So why couldn't we get a touchdown against A and M? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That that was my exact thoughts. I mean, when your offense only has 226 total yards of offense. It's not a good day, obviously. But it, it it's not like, you know, a couple of times we were given good opportunities to drive down the field and score points, and we only put up three. That That's the part that still gets me. Um, but, I mean, I, I think they're, as you, I mean, as you've seen over the last, well, but minus this game, you know, three games looking back, I think Auburn – has figured out some stuff on offense. Can they come back to those positive things? That's kind of the question mark in my head. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support whether you decide to join or not we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our e2c network family well that's it timeouts over let's get back into the episode i did want to talk about some of our uh you know running backs specifically around tank bigsby uh, because he had a pretty good game you know he had a average of 4.6 yards uh, on and he had 69 total yards, so he had a pretty good game. Um, I think some of the teams are definitely teeing off on it. Seems like on Jarquez, um, and when Jarquez is in there, they're kind of limiting him. Um, I mean he's a freshman, like he's still trying to figure things out. 
but he's not as explosive as he was in the first half of the season where it seemed like every run he was getting was just so explosive. And, and it almost seemed like he was the number one running back. And then Tank was like, come on, buddy. Like, I've been here a little bit longer than you. <laughs> I'm going to take that spot back over. And uh, I think Tank's done that pretty well. Um, and, and, I mean, I know we you know bashed a little bit on the offensive line, but, you know, even with that, our Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter both average, you know, right around four yards a carry. It's not bad. That's actually pretty good um, when you look at it. So, you know, if we could do that more, that would be that would be great. Um, but I, I think, think we the, had to get to the pass a little bit too much. I think it's the inconsistency. So we'll have a good run and then, you know, get stopped at the line. But I also think I, that's where a little bit of play calling to me because I feel like Bobo should have stuck with them a little longer. I feel like mm-hmm. we went away from them yeah. too quick. Same. And I feel like we did that against Penn State. And so I'm like, you know, you know, Tank had uh, – uh, and I know you can't run it every play, but Tank had a 10-yard gain right before the botched flea flicker. Mm-hmm. And then the next play was the fumble. So, like, Tank had a 10-yard run. Get up there and give it to him again. Like, maybe he's getting momentum going. Like, the pass game was not there. So, um, we were not scheming guys open. I would have liked to the, – the problem is our best players – or our our best offensive players are probably you know our running backs. Yep. And you know we just tend to go away from them some sometimes when I know it wasn't great they weren't gashing anything but the pass game was not working. You got a ten yard run, maybe a little momentum. Let's see what you can do again. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I love when a guy's hot. Give him the ball uh, because like they're they're seeing the field, they're seeing the defense well something things are clicking with them um so like why not keep going back to them um and i mean i think one of the things bobo likes to do is you know and he does a good job of it when it's working it's working he likes to spread the ball around and it's again evident like we pass the ball to lots of different people we give the ball hand the ball off to a lot of different people but sometimes you you, i mean obviously i don't want i'm not (laughs) Uh, saying ride the guy until he's injured or whatever, like we did, you know, with carry on Johnson a few years ago, but you know, there, there's a time for riding a player a little bit, you know, to get you that, that win, that extra yard, whatever it is. Um, so I don't know. That's my thoughts on kind of our run game. Um, I did like Shivers on third down. The dude knows how to get to the first down mark. It's just uncanny like the dude you give him uh you say get here get this eight yards on a third down he somehow finds a way to do it um i I love to see that he kind of reminds me of um like shinker in a way like shinker just knows how to find that first down line and when you see shinker catch the ball he's gonna get that first down and uh it's pretty cool i I love to have those kind of guys um in there I did want to talk about some of the wide receivers because some of them had some really bad games. Um, the two that kind of come to mind for me, Kobe Hudson, Shedrick Jackson. I think both of them had absolutely terrible games. I They were not getting open. They were dropping balls when they were passed to them. It just was not a good, good day for either of them. And, and those are two guys in my mind that should be, you know, not necessarily always the leaders, on the in the wide receiver room, but you know, they should be on up there. And yet they were down towards the bottom of our our wide receivers this game. Um what's what's kind of your thoughts on on where our wide receivers are at 
uh, <coughs> after this game. Yeah, it's, they were they took two steps back, man. I mean, Kobe Hudson, you know, he got bailed out on one of his drops early. It might have been first half, I don't know, but it you know it was, a, it was kind of a crossing route. Probably would have been a decent gainer. Drops it. Well, luckily Bobo dialed up a nice little uh, screen where we sent three essentially tight ends and a lineman out wide and Shivers was behind him mm-hmm. and they just escorted him for 10 yards. So that kind yeah. of bailed, that kind of bailed him out. But if you go back and think about it, like that's, that's having to waste more plays. Like we should already had the first down. Bobo had to kind of maybe give a play away just to get mm-hmm. the first down. So, and then he drops one in the second half and then he had a false start. Um, and yeah, Shedrick, man, Shedrick should be, and I'm not trying to knock anybody, but Shedrick should really be like a fourth option. And we're kind of having to use him have like a second option. So I think that kind of tells you where, you know, where we are as at, at the receiving uh, group right now. Yeah. I mean, again, we've, we've, I think this might've been, I think our second game this season where a tight end has been our leading receiver. Again, that kind of shows you where the wide receiver room is at. Um, which I think yeah, this, this kind of leads me into another thought. So Jared, like, I'm just thinking, you know, down the road, we're seeing, you know, the theme of wide receivers being, you know, just not as consistent as they need to be. Is there, you know, a way to fix that down the road? Um, and if so, what do you think it is? Um, it's recruiting. And I think, you know, we're, we're big time after a guy in Oregon. It's between us and Oregon. And he's a he's a 6'3", you know, stud. So it'd be nice to, to land him. But you can fix that also in JUCO or transfer portal. Mm-hmm. You can fix the receiving issue in one year if, if you get the right guy. The offensive line, offensive tackles, I don't think you can fix that in one year. Um, so I don't know what you do there because, to be honest with you, the group we have isn't great, and they're all seniors. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what that means for next year. Um, maybe it's a good thing, but, yeah, like that's a, that's a two-year project. So, I mean, at the case in point, I don't remember the guy's name. We landed a four-star. We, we, we got him from Tennessee when they had their court coaching issue. We got a four-star offensive tackle from North Carolina last year. Hadn't heard his name all year. Probably hadn't played um, because you're developing at that position. Yeah. So, anybody we get in this recruiting class, that's for 2023. Yeah. And so yeah. that's not a quick fix. And I don't know what you do with that if I'm being 100% honest. Yeah. What do you uh, think you do? I mean, your your suggestions were kind of where I was thinking. You know, get a you know new hot wide receiver out of high school or go the JUCO or transfer portal route. I mean, that's that's kind of your, your way to do it. And, you know, credit Harston a little bit. He already saw that ahead of time, and he picked up Demetrius Robertson. And we got – somebody who you know has honestly made an impact from essentially day one um on the wide receiver room even though it's it's not you know he's not our by any means our best wide receiver but he's been good he's been on the field he's been doing things um and made a positive impact in a lot of ways it's just we got to have other guys um that in my mind you got to have at least your number one and number two guys and i just can't figure out put a finger on it who that number one and number two is in the wide receiver room um let's switch just a little bit so let's talk about some positive things that happen on defense because i've already said it i think defense did pretty good i know obviously we we lost and you know defensive players even when they're interviewed after the game 
you know, they, they said we didn't do enough. I mean, uh, I think there's still room to grow on defense. Um, but you, I, I think what you saw was the defense did the classic bend, but don't break, uh, as much as they could. Um, and only allow really, you know, those was 12 points on offense. That's not too bad. Um, that's really not too bad in the grand scheme of things. Um, any other kind of thoughts that you had overall about our defense and um, what they did in, against Texas A&M? Yeah, I mean, they played fantastic, really. And, and if we can find a way to eliminate it, it was a very similar. I, I joked last week about we either, like, stop them at the line or in the backfield or they gain 10 yards on a run. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, there was times we were swarming to the ball. couldn't get They couldn't get a yard. But and this is why you stick with the run. Credit A&M, they kept sticking with it. They kept sticking with it. And those guys finally found some creases, had a couple big runs. And that also played a big part, you know, in, in, in melting the game away. But um, all in all, the, no defensive player should hang their, their head on this. I mean, this was not their fault at all. Like I said, if you give up 12 points, you could say 14, I guess, if you count the two-point conversion. But, again, they wouldn't have been having that if it wasn't for the fumble. So, <laughs> Yeah, you give up twelve points. I mean, you 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 got to expect to win that ball game. Yeah. Oh, same. I mean, like you hold any team in in you know twenty twenty one to twelve points on offense, and you think, ah, oh, yeah, for, for yeah, definitely y'all 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 are definitely gonna win. That well, that didn't happen. Um, our offense was obviously the you know the weak point in this game, and uh, it was it was glaringly obvious. Let me just tell you how hard what they did is. The last time Auburn didn't allow an offensive touchdown to a top 15 team on the road was 2003. Uh, yeah. We beat we beat Arkansas, number seven Arkansas 10 to three. So, yeah, that's uh, they just did something that hadn't been done since 2003. Which again kind of comes back to your point. I hope we don't. Uh, I hope this great defense that even under a first year head coach doesn't go to waste. Um, and I I think. You know, if we can figure out a couple of things on offense, I think at least it'll be, you know, something. Um, you know, maybe even have a nine, ten win season. It's still in the it's still in the cards. It's still possible. Um, all right, let's talk about um, special teams just for a little bit. Um, not by any means the best special to? teams. I know, man. <laughs> like, not the best performance on special teams by any means. Uh. The Anders Carlson made his 32 yarder, missed another field goal. Um, he had good, he had good kickoffs, um, but you know, not Anders' best game. Uh, I will point this out, and and I was super impressed with him, except for maybe one other you know special teams thing. But Ladarius Tennyson, I mean, I I was super impressed with him today. He or he just had a great mindset about what he needed to do. And he did it. Um, the The only thing that I will uh, say about him was actually on special teams, because on special teams he hit that punter, the punt returner, um, who yeah. there caught it. Um, and he also had a false start on a punt, which you know that's pretty rare. I feel like, um, especially for a guy like him who's kind of a gunner. Um, but defensively, Ladarius Tennyson did great. So I'll at least say that. Um, <laughs> so. I saw. I remember last week. Your your guy was Oscar Chapman. Well, mm-hmm. Oscar Chapman had himself a pretty good day. I mean, he had that long sixty three yarder, um, average forty five point seven yards per punt. Had seven punts. 
um, totaling 320 yards. I mean, he was out there punting a lot, and he did his job, um, and he mm-hmm. did it well. I mean, I I knew when he was on the field, I didn't really have to worry. He was going to you know, kick it 45, 50 yards. It was going to be great. So mm-hmm. um, I was impressed with him. I hated seeing him so much, but, yeah, he did a good job. He did his job when he was out there. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts about special teams before we kind of wrap things up? No, I don't know what's up with Carlson. I mean, he's not been his normal self this year. Uh, I even had a gut feeling when he went out there. I'm like, this this isn't going to be good. I don't know why I felt that way. Uh, Easy to say now, but um, and that probably didn't cost us the game. Although in a in a a low scoring affair like that, that does probably change the way the rest of the game goes a little bit. Maybe we don't have to do the flea flicker stuff. Maybe that doesn't lead to the other play that's a fumble. You never know. Yeah. but irregardless, you need to make those field goals. And I don't know. Um, his stats aren't great this year, and I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, it's not – I mean, last year he, he completed 90% of his uh, extra, or his field goals. But really the only ones he missed, he missed one in the like, 35-yard range and then one that was a 50-yarder. That was it. And this year he's struggling at around 74%. Um, completing on field goals, um, so yeah, there's there seems to be something like just slightly off, which is kind of frustrating because you would have thought you know a, a guy that's uh, so consistent most of the time, um, his senior year, he's he's you know, he's having his issues. So. All right, Jared, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A J A Y J A Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.